2: Here's at the Jeff Green guarded by West. Here's up. They're looking for Pierce. They have that door to Green. Score. They use it as a screen. Paul Pierce was there, and he screened it, and that's how you're able to get. The open shot on
0: the inside. Knocked away by Wilcox. Here comes Boston on the run. Here's Crawford on the drive. Scores it. Again, that Boston quickness running the floor. Terry with the miss. But there's
3: Bradley. They can jump. He's playing defense and now offensive rebounding. Avery
2: Bradley is a defender, but you're not expecting him to score 22 points, I'm sure. No, not at
3: all. But, uh, you know, that's what he's been doing for this team. He's spotting up, making the open shots. He's running their team. He's playing great.
4: It's the Celtics' beat
0: with Ty Redd. It may be the end of the Doc River Zira in Boston. Ty Ray, Rich Connie, Celtics beat for a Sunday afternoon. Breaking news on this Sunday afternoon. It may be the actual end of the L.A. Clippers, Doc River's Boston Celtics soap opera. The curtain may finally be coming down on that. As it was reported late this afternoon by Yahoo Sports' Adrian Wojnarowski that the Clippers and Celtics were close to a deal that would send Doc River's to the Los Angeles Clippers to coach that team. And in exchange, the Boston Celtics would get a first-round draft pick. There was some haggling back and forth. Would it be a 2014 pick? Would it be a 2015 pick? Now it appears it's a 2015 pick Number one, uh, number one round pick rather, uh, going to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Doc Rivers, and I guess the Celtics should be grateful they got compensation for Rivers. Also late this afternoon, just as we're coming on the air, Jackie McMullen, the expert when it comes to the Boston Celtics and Doc Rivers, reporting that Doc will get a twenty-one million dollar contract from the L.A. Clippers, three years at $7 million, basically the same compensation he was getting from the Boston Celtics coach, that organization. Let me bring in Rich Conti. Rich, this has, been, this has been something that I have never followed in all of my years being a Boston Celtic fan. I have never seen a soap opera like this. Now, granted, I've been a Celtic fan since the 70s, and we didn't have Twitter and Facebook and all sorts of social media and 24-hour news channels, etc., But this turned into a mockery to me. Do you get that feeling? Do you feel that way as a Celtic fan?
5: Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the only situation I can think of that was comparable in its uh, soap opera drama was the uh, the Brian Shaw situation when he uh, got a deal over in Italy and left the Celtics. There was uh, quite a bit of uh, back and forth there, but I, I think this situation really takes the cake. I mean, for as long as it's played out, I think we're, you know, just the uh the Clippers portion, gosh, dates back to mid to late May when Stephen A. Smith started throwing out what uh at the time most folks considered as a crazy rumor and now we're we're uh quickly coming upon the end of June and uh it looks like it's uh finally about to be resolved. At least the Doc Rivers part of the the uh the deal. Right.
0: Now the question remains will Kevin Garnett join Doc Rivers in Los Angeles. Will the Celtics be getting DeAndre Jordan for Kevin Garnett? And Rich, you and I talked about this off the air. We have our doubts about that. The deals may just be too attached and not pass the smell test for David Stern and the office at the NBA.
5: Yeah, Jay King actually just uh, tweeted about an hour ago that, uh, you know, indicating that, uh, you know, all of it's happened in the last couple of days with Doc supposedly losing interest and calling the deal off and both sides kind of walking away from the table. uh, Smells a lot like, as he put it, amateur theater, uh, you know, designed to convince uh, Stern and, uh, you know, in the league that, you know, the, you know, transactions aren't uh, connected. But, you know, Stern came right out and said on the radio, I I believe it was either Thursday or Friday that after this much discussion has gone on in the media uh, you know talking about uh, Garnett and KG is a package deal to the Clippers, it's, it's kind of difficult to swallow that uh, you know that when it uh, you know finally comes to be that that these would be separate transactions. And he was clear on saying that you know splitting a deal up into separate transactions is not acceptable as a, uh, a workaround, if you will, for for the league rules.
0: Now, Rich, before we get started here, I want to let our listeners know who will be tuning in because they expected to have Baxter Holmes from the Boston Globe on our show. Baxter had to cancel at the last minute and it's perfectly understandable considering the fluid situation of this Clippers Celtics trade and Doc Rivers. So Baxter actually he's working right now folks. He doesn't have <laughs> he doesn't have time to come on the show and it's perfectly understandable and we can't wait to have Baxter on again to get his reaction to this whole thing. If you want to call in and it's an emotionally charged day, I I found that out from Facebook and Twitter. Give us a call at 347-215-771, 347-215-7771. Or you can tweet Rich at Rich Conti or me at Coug88. We're very interested in reactions to Doc Rivers moving to the Los Angeles Clippers to coach that team. i got to ask you, Rich, I know that Doc never had plans, it was reported, to come back and manage the rebuild of the Boston Celtics. Do you really believe that or do you think this was just an opportunity that was just too good to pass up for him?
5: I think when he signed the extension a couple of years ago, I think it it you know would be reasonable for everybody to involve, involve to think there was a chance at least that he wasn't going to, you know, stay with the Celtics through the, the, the term of that entire contract for a bunch of reasons. I mean every year it seems like except for last off season there was always some question about whether he'd be back or not or whether he, you know, wanted to take time off with family or go back to broadcasting or, or whatever. So, you know, I, I think both sides understood that it was a possibility. That he wouldn't, but I, I think it's a little strong to say that neither side uh, anticipated, you know, that that he would see the contract to the end. I think, you know, it's one thing to say, well, you know, it's we'll, we'll see how it goes, and it's a possibility. It's another thing to kind of go into the deal knowing uh, on both sides that it's it's not going to be finished. And I, you know, I don't really think that was the case. I think, you know, um, you know, Doc at least talked a good game about uh, in the past about wanting to, you know, be there for the Celtics to, to you know, transition them into the next. Sarah and to kind of take on that uh emeritus role uh that you know certainly uh, Greg Popovich enjoys down in San Antonio. I think uh, Jerry Sloan was was another person doc cited as a uh, as a coach, you know, who had a long tenure of the t- team that he liked to emulate. So, yeah, you know, it's it, it's tough to say now, you know, w- whenever a situation like this happens, uh it's it's a little difficult to separate what is, you know, truth and what is kind of innuendo um Kind of floated out there by both sides to make the uh, the, the parting a, you know a little bit more palatable, um, or you know kind of come out um, looking better in the public's
0: eye. If you're just joining us, Doc Rivers, Boston Celtics coach, now the L.A. Clippers coach. The Celtics have traded him to the Los Angeles Clippers for a 2015 first-round draft pick. And I guess, Rich, we should really look at the bright side if you're a Celtic fan, and I am a Celtic fan, and so are you, that the Celtics were actually able to work the Clippers and get compensation out of all of this. And not only that, a number one draft pick.
5: Well, first I mean, I you know, I, I won't believe the deal is either done or dead till somebody is is officially uh um, you know, presented to the public as the right. as the new Lakers coach, but you know, assuming this is it, I I think it still has to clear um approval from the league uh tomorrow, which at least this part of the transaction, I, you know, I, I don't think there'd be any reason Stern would object. But you know, if the case was Doc, you know, really wasn't interested in coming back, you know, getting an unprotected first-round draft pick, uh, you know, is an incredible haul, you know, for a coach. It's pretty much unprecedented. I think you've seen in the past where coaches or other executives have, have warranted compensation, but it's you know, it's typically been on the order of a, a second-round pick um, or cash consideration. So you know, yeah, you know, you have to. Like uh, that's a potentially valuable asset, and you know I kind of like the fact that it's a bit down the road in 2015. Granted, next year's draft is uh, you know one of the, the you know um, stronger drafts in recent memory. Some potential su- superstars out there. I'm sure everybody's heard the name Andrew Wiggins. Uh, there's a couple other um, you know uh, youngsters uh, that are, you know will either be entering their first or second year in, in college basketball. You know who are projected to leave uh, next year. But um, you know 2015 is great. That gives uh, you know another two years for the Clippers to revert to being the Clippers and uh, to get that pick. If it's true, as I'm I'm reading, that it's uh, without any type of protection, uh, that could turn out to be a steal.
0: And it could be just an asset too, Rich. I might add, it could be something that Danny Ainge could put together in a trade to to sign a or get a bigger a bigger player to come over to Boston. I really don't believe that Danny Ainge and Wick Grosbeck want this team to be down for too long. I've said that all along. Wick Grosbeck's too much of a businessman. The Celtics were in basketball of this for so long, so long. And, you know, basketball fans, NBA fans can be so fickle, more so than I think other sports fans – and I don't see them wanting the Celtics to be going through too much of a rebuilding process for a very long time. Could this perhaps, in your opinion, be just another asset along the way, like for instance, we'll get to Paul Pierce here in a second, they, they could collect some assets for him instead of just buying him out, that they could then flip for better players? That's my line of thinking in this whole thing.
5: Absolutely, and you know, the Ainge um, has shown in the past that that's the way he approaches his job, and and and, con- and the way he approaches constructing uh, the the team and the franchise is to really treat, um, you know, look at the assets that he has and and seek to acquire better assets. I mean, if you kind of trace the 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 genealogy of the uh, lineage of the uh, KG trade, I think you can look back and see how. Um, Gosh, I'm, I'm spacing on the name of the. Uh, uh, Jerry Welsh was the six foot seven. Small wow. Forward. Spot, <laughs> that ain't flipped for Ricky Davis, and then Ricky Davis. Right. Was- flipped for Wally Zerbiak, and then Zerbiak actually was flipped as part of the Ray Allen deal now that I think about it so you know he's he's willing to play that I guess property ladder if you will with uh, with his assets and yay, an unprotected first round uh pick uh, in the future certainly carries a lot of uh, weight and currency with it um you know i i, I like it, uh, it you know if they hang on to it as an alternative to having to you know uh, effectively tank yourself and, and you know tear down the team uh you know in, in, in hopes of securing a lottery pick. Uh, having that number one pick of another team with, without any protection kinda of gives you that alternative. You've got that carrot out there, you've got that potential for getting a really high pick without having to kind of bottom out to to potentially get it. So I, I agree with you. I, I have a hard time seeing um you know Ainge uh you know tearing things down to the point where this isn't a playoff team um but I guess stranger things have happened.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see that. I, th- and I said this to you before the show, Rich. I, I see a lot of quotes on Twitter and, and Facebook. and I get the impression that most Celtic fans think this was a 60-win team last year. This was a 41-40 <laughs> and 40 team that was dreadful down the stretch. And nobody's a bigger homer than I am, Rich. But I'm going to call it as I see it here. They were terrible I mean, absolutely terrible. And they were awful in the first three games against the Knicks. And they made that spirited comeback in in game, what, game six, that gave us that warm and fuzzy feeling to go out on. But it was a real ugly final two months of the season for the Boston Celtics. So there's some work that needs to be done here. And anybody who thinks bringing Doc Rivers back or Pierce back or Garnett back was going to lead them past LeBron James, the improving Indiana Pacers, the New York Knicks, they're crazy. So this team had no room to make any adjustments. Now, having said all this... I've been quoted as saying I wanted them to bring everybody back for one final curtain call, and I did because that was my heart speaking, and I'm being very warm and fuzzy when I say that. But that's not necessarily smart. That's not smart basketball. It might have been smart from a business sense to have the team win 40 games and lose in the first round of the playoffs, but the time is now to start. I just think so. I just think it had to start at some point in time. I don't want to see this team go through the motions anymore.
5: Yeah, you, you and I talked about that quite a bit in, in the past. And I, I also was in favor of kind of bringing the band back. Um, you know, not that I expected them to, you know, even, you know, re- you win a championship or even just, you know, kind of repeat that uh, that run in uh, 2012, uh, you know, where they took uh, Miami to seven games in the Eastern Conference Finals. But what I did you know the value that I saw in bringing everybody back was continuity. Was you know giving uh, the, the the emerging young core guys like Jeff Green and Jared right. Sullinger and Avery Bradley and even Rondo, who you know is still in the process of becoming the player that that he's ultimately going to be. I think another year playing alongside. Um, you know Garnett and 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 Pierce and Under Rivers tutelage I I think would have done wonders for them you know it's I think you know fans you know you know a lot of times kind of react to that at least the the, the crowd that's uh, in favor of rebuilding and saying well you know these guys aren't babysitters and you know it's not about being babysitters it's about the example they set Day right. in, day out, in practice, coming to coming to practice, putting in the time, being professional, uh, going out there and leaving it all on the court every single game, playing smart, playing tough, all of those things. You know, uh, unless you're around that on a regular basis, those things are very, very difficult for many players to kind of instill in themselves with that type of direction and guidance and role models. And so, you know, I, I think with, you know, certainly with, with Doc moving on, that's kind of a blow toward, you know, a blow to, you know, the, the development of, of uh, you know, that, that emerging core. Uh, if KG moves on too, I think, um, you know, that, that, that'll hurt. I think he's the, you know, both he uh, and Pierce are just consummate professionals.
0: Right, and KG, and nothing against Pierce, who, who I love, Paul Pierce, but KG brought an entire culture over and changed everything including Paul Pierce himself you know it was KG who kind of threw some cold water on Paul Pierce and said hey we're here to win we're not here to fool around anymore and I am going to miss him greatly because there's no doubt in my mind KG's played his last game in a Celtic uniform too I I really believe that anyway let's do this Rich let's take our first break when we come back we've got a couple callers we want your reaction to Doc Rivers moving on to Los Angeles who could be some replacements? Maybe we'll talk about that. Is Pierce the next to go next week? Is KG going to get traded for DeAndre Jordan? Still lots of questions that need to be answered. You're listening to The Celtics Beat on a Sunday afternoon with Ty Ray and Rich Conti.
6: Hey, this is Mike Fay from Mike T, just reminding you about all of the great stuff we have right here on CLNSRadio.com. Even though the Celtics may be in the offseason, our Celtics postgame show will be back in better than ever when the boys in green take the parquet again. And until then, stay with CLNS for outstanding coverage of the Red Sox and Paw Sox, plus we still have our outstanding weekly shows. Tuesday night at 7.30, it's the Boston Sports Connection, hosted by CLNS content manager Sean Backey. One hit away from a perfect game, and he was dealing on Saturday. On Wednesday, Brian Langford brings you the evening score at 8. I always say, you yeah, I'm not scared to go into it. I'll
2: go completely into it.
6: And tune in Thursday nights at 9 for NBA for Life with Pat
3: and AWOL. The Pacers win games when they go inside to David West and Roy Hibbert.
6: Don't forget, you can call into our live shows at 347-215-7771. And if you missed the live broadcast, you can download us on iTunes. And there are even more awesome podcasts available. Check them all out on clnsradio.com.
0: Hi, everyone. It's Ty Ray from King of the Court and the Celtics postgame show. clnsradio.com is rapidly expanding, and you can be a part of it all. Join the CLNS radio community today. Register as a CLNS member. When you join, you'll get your very own blog page and profile. And signing up is so easy, you can even use your Facebook page to do it. While you're at it, text CLNS fans to 22828 to join our e-updates community. That's CLNS fans, one word to 22828. And don't forget, you can always chat and become a part of the conversation on our message board. That's at clnsradio.com backslash forum clns radio is getting bigger and better every day and we want you to be right there with us
6: celticsblog.com blogging since 2004 and leading an outstanding team of contributors jeff clark is the most distinguished celtics blogger on the web celtics blog features a team of journalists and locker room reporters that provide celtics fans the most unique thoughtful and in-depth commentary online there's a bunch of ways to interact with the number one community of Celtics fans, Friday fan posts, fan forums, and the most popular live game chat room. CLNS Radio is proud to be a content partner of Celtics. One, two, three. One, two, three. It's
2: the Celtics Beat with Ty Reddick.
0: Welcome back to the Celtics Beat. Ty Ray and Rich Conte. Uh, Very, very sad day. A lot of mixed emotions, not really sure how to feel. Doc Rivers on his way to the Los Angeles Clippers to coach that team. The Celtics get an unprotected pick in 2015's first round. Which, on the bright side, they could have gotten nothing. So better to get something than nothing uh, than just to let Doc walk. Lots of unanswered questions still for the Celtics. Of course, this all hinges on whether or not David Stern will approve the move to send Doc to head coach uh, the Clippers. We're assuming, so I've got to assume, Rich, that this has all been worked out ahead of time with the league.
5: Yeah, I mean at least this part of the deal. Um still have my doubts as to whether a you know a separate KG transaction goes through but um yeah I don't see any reason why the, the the league would object to to this. You know, the compensation is a little bit um you know, a little bit steep for a coach, but um, you know, not not crazy and it's it's easy to see how if this part of the deal stands alone, you know, the league wouldn't necessarily have any objection to it.
0: Let's take our first phone call. Let's go out to Sam in San Diego who has been waiting. Uh let me see if I can bring Sam up. Sam, you okay. there? Hey, I'm what's here. going on, Sam? What what are your feelings hey. today, Sam?
3: Um I'm disappointed. Um obviously we kind of have known it's been coming so we've had some time to deal with it, but I'm disappointed because uh you know we've been hearing it for years that our only uh our only way to recruit players to Boston is Rivers and so to lose him you know, I think hurts along with the fact that we're going to lose Pierce and Garnett most likely. And I think it hurts a lot. I, I also think that, you know, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of Rivers in terms of X's and O's, but, you know, he did bring stability to a franchise, and I liked the whole Doc and Danny thing. And so I think, uh, I think it really, it, it, you know, it puts us in more transition. So, you know, I, I don't like it. It kind of, it kind of. One thing it does do though is it really makes me happy to know that we haven't heard anything from Ange. It, it appears that Ainge is on board for a rebuild, so it feels like we'll be, like he'll be here for the next several years. So it, I guess it gives me a greater appreciation for the players that that want to be here, and that, that's one of the reasons I also love Rondo. I've never heard Rondo say anything about him leaving. Um, so I did want to point out though that I did see a Twitter. A tweet from Paul Flannery that said that the feeling around the league is that either the Rivers or the Garnett deal could go through, and probably not both, though. And that was just like half an hour ago. So it leads me to believe that maybe it's possible that the Garnett deal will not go through.
0: Interesting. And Rich, you and I were just talking about that, that it may not quite pass the smell test with David Stern in the NBA office that he would allow. both. the Rivers deal seems to me like the most likely to go down here, no question.
3: Yeah, and finally, um, you know, just uh, I, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Uh, this whole thing about Pierce to uh, to Cleveland is interesting. I mean, I don't like two round, I, I don't like two second round picks as the return, but maybe they're looking to get that trade exception. Um, you know, I, I I believe that Danny always has uh, something up his sleeve, and so I, I do believe that he's going to try to get us into out out of this rebuild as quick as possible. You know, he's always coming up with ideas that you know you could that are hard to even fathom so so you know I'm happy about that and you know we still have a great ownership group but yeah I think it's a sad day um and it's it's hard to see what we can put our hands around as far as uh, moving forward as, as Celtics fans.
0: Yeah yeah but I, I do have faith in Danny and Wick Rospick we know they'll spend the money we know Danny's creative uh, creative at what he does sometimes not for the best but other times he wins, he brings us an NBA title so I can't complain too much. Let's go back to 2007, Sam and Rich. A lot of people questioned those deals, the Ray Allen deal. Was he over the hill? Do you guys remember those comments about Ray Allen possibly being over the hill coming to Boston? Or people like Tommy Heinsohn not wanting KG to come to Boston? So what may look like a bad situation today may not be so bad down the road. I guess that's what I'm saying.
5: Yeah, clearly there's some other other moves to follow, and I, I distinctly remember, particularly I don't know the comments by Tommy, but I certainly remember a lot of the teeth gnashing about Ray Allen. Uh, if you remember, he was coming off a double ankle surgery at the time, and you know a lot of people, including Bill Simmons, um, you know, were were you know focusing on kind of the the track record of shooting guards, uh, you know, as they move into their 30s, and uh, I think it, you know no doubt we got our money's worth with Ray, and and certainly nobody can complain about the KG trade now. Sam, uh, anything else? A, yeah,
3: I think with the Ray Allen deal, you know, you have to remember, we were just coming off of missing out on Odin and Durant, and all of a sudden we were trading the number five pick for an older guard. It just felt like, you know, we were only get up to, we were only going to maybe, maybe get up to a mediocre status, so it wasn't something to, to be excited about until the Garden Hat thing happened. But I did want to ask you guys one question, and, and that's that we seem to be in a situation now where we have these contracts that we want to get rid of such as Courtney Lee and uh, Jason Terry. And, and and if there was any chance at all that we wanted to get rid of them in the future, why did they sign such long-term deals? You know, I mean, one year ago we signed these deals for three or four years and now we want to get rid of them, or now they're a problem already one year in.
5: Yeah, I think they're, if I'm not mistaken, they're both three-year deals. And, um, you know, um, Sam, you're definitely right that, um, you know, certainly a lot of folks, You know, point to those deals as being bad contracts. I'm not so sure. Um, You know, they're not you know particularly long deals. Uh, You know, certainly three years. If you think about it, 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 it going into the third year, those contracts become assets uh, because they're you know expiring and you know can potentially be used to to help another team free up some some cap room. I also think that you know neither of them are are big money. They're you know between five and six million dollars, which you know certainly seems a lot when you look at Courtney Lee's. Production last year, or Jason Terry's struggles, it, it it seems like a lot of money, and it is. But those types of deals are actually useful, I think, in putting together bigger deals, right? That those five, six million dollar deals are the types that you can add into, um, you know, with, with another player or two who is, you know, perceived as an asset to maybe bring in a higher priced guy who's worn out as welcome somewhere else. You know, we heard and
3: we heard about Courtney that was interested in him earlier in the year when he was playing well, and he's young. So I think he's at a good price, and then Terry. You would think either one of these guys we could possibly trade at the deadline to a team that's looking for players like that instead of trying to instead of trying to package them and give them away to the Clippers as a way of compensation. So those are my thoughts, and uh, thank you for taking them. And I'll listen to your show. And thanks, a lot. Good Celtics.
0: Sam, thanks. Thanks, Sam. For, thanks for calling in. Much appreciated. And. Rich, I do think at some point they'll be able to lo- uh, move a Jason Terry or a Courtney Lee. I do think there's value in those two players, and for whatever reason last year they just underperformed. So I think a veteran team, in particular, competing for a title, could use somebody like Jason Terry coming off the bench, and it wouldn't surprise me to see Courtney Lee go on a deal somewhere because I don't think his con—I really don't think his contract is that bad.
5: No, it really isn't, and it, you know it's not uh, very long term. Certainly, with Terry, if you look at next trade deadline, right? You know, if if he still has any game whatsoever, and and just like you said, there's a a, a contending team out there looking for that that one piece that, that shooter off the bench, um, one of those as Bill Simmons likes to call them, irrational confidence guys. Um, <laughs> right. You know, you know, you're sit- Terry sitting there at five million dollars, a contract that you know a lot of teams should be able to find a piece to to match salary with and you know he'll have only a year remaining on his deal after next season so certainly I don't think you know any team would look at that as as overly onerous and you might be able to extract an asset from somebody and as Sam pointed out Lee is still young and you know he's got a decent track record in the league he struggled early last year uh, particularly when Rondo was in the lineup I think he you know had a a hard time kind of figuring out where he fit Uh, then kind of middle of the season he, he seemed to come on a little bit and and you know had a a couple of good games in there during that uh, streak when they um, kind of had their only real kind of successful run during the year, and then you know for whatever reason he found himself in, Do- in Doc's doghouse coming down the stretch and into the playoffs. So you know I, I-, I think the you know the idea of moving those guys isn't quite as um, uh, you know crazy as some people like to make it out to be.
0: In case you're just joining us, we were expecting Baxter Holmes from the Boston Globe on to talk about the Dock River Soap Opera, but the soap opera may have concluded right before we came on the air, and Baxter uh, didn't have time to be on the show, which is perfectly understandable, and we want to thank him for reaching out to us and telling him that, and hopefully we'll have Baxter on to give us the complete lowdown on the Dock River's deal to the L.A. Clippers uh, as soon as it is finished. Now, let's keep the call lines going. Let's go out to the 413 Oh boy. 413. You there, 413? Yes, I am. And who's on the line?
4: Matt from Springfield.
0: Matt, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us today? What are your feelings on the Doc well, Rivers situation?
4: You know, like like most of the fans, I've been sitting on the edge of my seat watching every move on Twitter, and I'm, I'm kind of numb right now. Uh, I've kind of been expecting it, but... Um, I'm a bit of an optimist. Your, your previous caller mentioned something, and I think he was he was right about something, in that Doc is, you ask everyone around the league, you hear from a lot of players, he's a guy you want to play for, but what impact did that have in Boston? Because I don't remember any big-time or impact free agents really signing with the team. Can you guys think of any off the top of your head?
5: I re- oh, yeah, Rick. Re- Uh, I was going to say Rasheed Wallace is the one guy that, you know, Doc played a real large role in bringing to Boston and, and certainly he played a role. uh, I don't think Courtney Lee is in Boston uh, without Doc, but certainly, you know, neither of those guys were, you know, marquee free agents, but they were, you know, at the time, Rasheed was, was pretty hotly um, uh, desired by several teams and, and, you know, folks were looking at him as, you know, that, that, that piece to put either the uh, Celtics or the Spurs, I think at the time uh, were the other, um, you know, suitor for uh, Wallace's services, uh, you know, that piece to put them over the top. Uh, didn't work out that way, of course, but I think those are the two cases I can remember. And the other one that sticks out in my head, the
0: Celtics didn't acquire the other player was David West. Remember, we thought that that might have been a done deal and that David West was going to be in a Celtic uniform. And lo and behold, he ends up with the Pacers and thinks they have a better chance to win. And I guess it worked out for him because it looks like they're on their way to contending with the the heat for the Eastern conference championship next year. So maybe David West made the right decision after all, but you're right. Uh, who has doc brought to the Celtics?
4: And I don't, I don't want to kick a guy on his way out the door. Um, I'm actually, a, I'm a fan of doc. Um, I think he did a lot of great things and I think he's more or less, cause it is a business. He's earned the right to want to coach a team. I'm the upswing in a team that has to go through the rebuilding process. So I'm a little optimistic, um, that this is going to jump start the rebuilding process uh i'm i was hoping they'd be able to get a 2014 pick maybe top 3 i'd even be okay with top 10 protected but i think danny's gambling a little bit hoping that uh you know if they do get kg or if they do tank uh it is completely unprotected so that's a that's a pretty big asset to have unfortunately uh you know the rebuilding process doesn't happen overnight as as much as we as fans would love it to be. Uh, I think that's definitely a big asset.
0: Hey, guys, we were spoiled when 2008 they made that run and won the title in year one of that three-year window. We were very spoiled that they were able to do that. That was an incredible year, what, 66-16 and after making the deals for Allen and and KG. So you never know what can happen, I guess is what I'm saying.
4: I also think now they have uh, a week to make a decision on Pearson. They probably already have a decision. They have a week to announce it. Uh, right. if, they did plan, if they did plan on buying him out, those uh, those Cavaliers rumors, although the 31 and 33 are a are low-ball offer, um, let it, letting him walk versus getting those two picks, I think it's pretty obvious what you would do. So I, I have a feeling over the next four or five days before the draft that uh, there's a possibility KG and Pierce could no longer be Celtics as well. I think uh, the next four or five days are going to be uh, very busy.
5: Yeah the the play with the uh the Cavaliers trade um, certainly two second-round picks. Um, you know, in this draft, actually, aren't are too bad in, in the sense that most folks agree that while the draft is kind of light at the top this year, it's a fairly deep draft with a lot of you know quality players. You know, anywhere between you know um, you know, the the seventh, eighth, ninth pick in the draft, all the way down to the mid thirties into the forties. So you know, I wouldn't write off those picks as as potentially being assets, but I think the bigger play with that deal would be to get the uh, a pretty large trade exception since cleveland is under the cap they don't have to send salary back to the celtics uh mm-hmm. to to match pierce's uh 15 or 16 million that that he's due next year and so when that happens the celtics would receive a uh, a trade exception and what that means is they would be able to take on an extra 15 or 16 million in another deal down the road uh without having to send similar salary back and matt and thanks the so- name that keeps the name oh, that ahead. keeps coming up with that
4: trade exception is uh,
5: Josh Smith. I'm not a big
4: fan of him oh. either, but he, uh, I don't think he, especially without Doc there. Uh, Matt, Matt, you're, you're making know.
0: my afternoon worse by the moment.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand.
0: Anyway, hey, thanks. I enjoyed following you on Twitter too. Thanks, Thanks for calling in, Matt. I enjoyed our conversation.
4: No problem. You guys have a good afternoon.
0: Yeah, you too, buddy. Yeah, please yep. – Rich, please no Josh Smith, please. I'm, I'm with I'm you. I'm begging. I'm begging.
5: I'm with you. Hey, you know it's a little unclear to me because his name's obviously been connected with Celtics quite a bit, particularly um, uh, you know in relation to the potential trade exception from uh, dealing Pierce. But I correct me if I'm wrong. I thought one of the the um, uh, pieces of the new collective abar- collective bargaining agreement were some tighter restrictions. Um, being able to do sign-and-trade deals, and I I may be mistaken, but I thought that teams that were in the luxury tax apron, as the Celtics are, at least at the moment, um, aren't allowed to make sign-and-trades. Um, I, I, so I think
0: you're right. You know, you know what, Rich? I think what we need to do is get out our green eye shades
5: <laughs> and
0: get an expert on the salary cap and the CBA on the show and do nothing but a show on that because it is complicated. It is complicated. I think even some GMs don't get it. Oh
5: yeah, yeah. Most teams now um, employ someone whose job is specifically to know the ins and outs of the collective bargaining agreement and to be there to kind of uh, run the various scenarios when a, a potential deal is is being discussed. So um, I know the Celtics have somebody. I can't remember exactly who it is, um, but uh, you know, I'm sure they're aware of what their situation is. I don't know if you deal P- Pierce and get that trade exception that you're then off the apron so that you can make a deal that maybe puts you back on it. So, um, you know, I'm I'm sure Ainge has all of the uh, contingencies and and possibilities uh, lined up, but I I, I thought at least that was the case.
0: I'll tell you, I am all for that Pierce deal. If it's going to happen, I I really am. I I love Paul Pierce, but we got to have some common sense here. And if they're able to get that kind of relief that they're not going to get by just buying him out, come on you got to take that don't you you don't have a choice
5: yeah i'm I'm not sure what buying him out actually well i I suppose if you're you're planning on dealing kg um you know i I don't know i think you know some folks have looked at the numbers of what buying him out actually does and it doesn't free up a lot of cap room if any um you know i think the the trade exception i think is a route they go so if they really are looking to you know kind of clean house and and you know kind of you know, bring in a, a really you know significantly different roster. I think you kind of have to do that. Um you know, I'm with Matt though. I I'd, I'd rather see the um you know Celtics go for the see if they get Cleveland to to deal the number 19 pick um rather than than the two second rounders.
0: Let's go out to the 240 area code and see who we have out there. 240, thanks for calling the Celtics Beat.
2: Ty, who do you think it could be right there, Ty? This is
0: Brian mean? Ain't Lying. How you doing, my friend?
2: What's going on, guys? Ah.
0: Uh, weird day, man. Weird day. We're just it assimilating good. it all.
2: I I know it feels it feels good. See, it just I'm mad at myself because Ty convinced me to leave my. <laughs> oh, city. blame
0: me, right? Okay.
2: Alright, he convinced me. I said a long time ago blow the whole <laughs> darn thing up. And every week, Ty got on me, and eventually he pulled me into the one more year family. Well, I made a mistake, and I said, "Just said, continue to blow it up." I, I'm I'm trying to work this right here because I don't want nobody to take it the wrong way here. We <laughs> we we, we were, were we crucified Ray Allen last year yes, with a decision did. that he made for joining the Miami Heat, but we're accepting the fact that Doc Rivers is doing a similar thing, and that is chasing the ring. I mean, my thing is this. When he signed the extension, he knew in his mind there were going there was going to be a rebuilding year in the midst of this. Honestly, he didn't look at it. He looked at the money and said, hey, this is good money every year. I don't really care about rebuilding. I love Doc for what Doc has done. I love the fact that he bought the team a championship. I love the fact that he stuck around – you know, even the 2010 finals run, the 2011 after losing the Miami 4-1, even after the Eastern Conference final run, he stuck with this team. My thing is like this. You you, you look at those young guys like uh, Green and Sully and A.B. They got to be looking at Doc like he just took his ball and ran. The guys like Rondo it has to be sitting on his couch like it's all coming down, it's all crashing in one night, and we don't know where Rondo was going to get. That's because he's coming back with injury. I want to hear your thoughts, though.
5: yeah yeah brian um yeah the the situations are probably more similar than than folks want to admit i think the two differences are um and you know we'll see how it plays out but at least so far you know doc really hasn't um you know taken any shots at anybody on the way out the door the way the way ray did i think some of the the behind the scenes drama with with the the you know ray uh, going to kg and complaining uh you know about never being accepted to the same degree kg was i think that that left a, a bad taste in a lot of folks mouth and of course the other big difference right or wrong is that doc's not going to the miami heat and i think that uh that has a uh an impact here but but i'm with you i it, it to me i i get it you know doc's still gonna get good money from the clippers uh you know i guess he's got a better chance of, of a ring uh you know with the clippers although uh, you know the reality is they made it exactly as far as, as the Celtics did last year. It, but it really surprises me because Doc played for the Clippers and couldn't wait to get out of there uh, because of the way the organization was run. Doc seemed what Donald Sterling did to Mike Dunleavy, where he refused to pay him his money uh, after he got fired and Dunleavy had to take him to court. And Doc has seen what has transpired over the past week with the Clippers waffling and going back and forth. I I don't understand how a guy with the options that Doc Rivers has, including coming back to Boston, which isn't a bad option, would, would, would want to get himself in that situation. That, to me, is the most surprising thing.
2: I, I, I'll say this, and then I, I'll disappear. Uh, for, for people who want to blame Rondo, as always, you know, when people say, oh, Rondo and Doc got into it, I, I pointed out yesterday on Twitter that Vinny Negro and Chris Paul got into it. Darren Williams gets into it with every coach. So stop picking on Rondo. Saying it was Rondo's fault because we knew when this scene was assembled, when this victory air came upon us, that eventually Rondo was going to lose, Everybody. Now, I didn't think Doc Rivers was included in the everybody statement. But right now, it looks like he's going to lose everybody. And I know fingers are going to point to, uh, to, to Roger Rondo. What I can guarantee is the next two weeks between Doc and Paul Pierce, Rondo's name will be attached to both. You're going to see the relationships with Paul Pierce. did can get no better over the years. The relationship with Doc went down the drain. So, guys, just expect Rondo to be – I guess the bad guy in all the situation and I just hope that all Celtics fans honestly just ignore that class.
0: Thank you, Brian. Ain't lying, Brian Lankford, for calling into the Celtics beat. The evening score, Brian, what time is that on on Wednesday nights?
2: Eight eight PM to nine PM Eastern time and I'm telling you that it's gonna get hot this week because I got Boy. a whole hour to rent. I got a whole hour to
0: rant. <laughs> and I can't wait to listen, <laughs> so buddy. Thanks. Thanks so for so calling bad. in. That's Brian Lankford, a.k.a. Brian Ain't Lying, from CLNS Radio, and you can listen to his show on CLNS Radio Wednesday nights. Uh, He's got an opinion on just about everything. Very entertaining guy. What do you think of the whole Rondo-Doc relationship, Rich?
5: Yeah, you know, I think everybody knows they've had a tempestuous relationship since day one. I think, you know, one of the uh, canonical stories was from Rondo's rookie year when Doc had to pull him aside and tell him, you know, that, that, you know, everybody, uh, all your teammates hate playing with you. And I think, um, you know, Doc is notoriously hard on point guards. He was a point guard and he was a very good one. And, and, you know, I I think you'll find that with with a lot of coaches. Uh, George Carl's another one who's notoriously tough on point guards. Larry Brown was, was always really difficult so, you know, they I'm sure they've had their ups and downs whether it uh you know became an untenable situation. Uh, who knows? You know, I'm 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 sure there will be um you know plenty talk in in the next couple of days um you know that that might indicate that, but you know that that always happens when these situations um end and and I, as I've said before, um things things always end badly, otherwise they wouldn't end. So. Thank you.
0: Exactly. And it's it is a shame though. After this wonderful era of Celtic basketball, it's it's ended ending with this circus. And I don't expect next week anything to die down with KG and Pierce and the draft coming up. It, to me, it's going to get even crazier. So I, I just really wish that they could have all just gone off into the sunset. And that would have been that. But like you said, when things end, they don't usually end well. So let's keep the call lines going. Let's go out to the 203 and see who we have out there. 203, you there? 203 don't have the 203 so rich what are we thinking about kevin garnett
5: yeah, you know, I uh, I think I read a tweet earlier saying it was um, um, you know that one of the, one of the deals either you know uh, Doc or KG would happen, but both couldn't happen at this point. There was too much water under the bridge with the league and Stern. You know, just wasn't going to accept that the, um, the the deals are separate. Um, you know, so you know, given that, I uh, you know, if if LA isn't an option for him. Um, you know, I I think it's fifty fifty. I think he could retire. I think you know he might decide he you know he he definitely loves uh, you know the idea of being a Celtic and potentially retiring a Celtic. Um, you know, so I can see him kind of come back and and help serve as a little bit of that bridge. Um, but you know that might be a little bit of wishful thinking on my part.
0: Let's try the two hundred three again. Let's go out to the two hundred three. Who's on the line?
5: It's Kyle from
1: Connecticut.
0: Kyle, thanks for calling and much appreciated. Hey. What's on your mind? Thanks.
1: Well, a couple of things. I'm, I'm 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 frustrated for two reasons. The first one is is the whole doc situation, which I'll get to in a minute. But the second one is as I'm on hold, I'm making all my points in my head of what I'm going to say and what I want to talk about. I think Brian nailed every single one of them,
0: so um, <laughs> he can do that.
1: But yeah, but you know, I, I'm 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 at the point where you know, good riddance. I doc can go. I, I think it's I think it's just made a mockery of the the organization. If he you know, if, if he doesn't want to be here, I, I, I'm of the mindset that I don't want him here. He's he he granted he did good things with the organization, he had a nice run, but if he's at that point, you know, get him out of here. The other side of it too is, you know, you, you you guys were just talking about the rondo, you know, the rondo situation. That you know, it's it's probably gonna come out and back and might say something or Pierce might say something. I'm I'm excited about the prospect of Rondo running the team. Not 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 so much, you know, as as he was thought of in the last couple of years because, you know, Pierce was still there, Garnett, you know, these other guys and he never really truly had the keys. I think I think we're getting to that point now and I I'm excited to you know, to see what see what that's gonna, gonna look like. It's not gonna be, you know, a veteran team so much as it was, but but I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's you know, get him fit, up, fit with the right coach, I think, um, I think we could have, a, you know, an exciting couple of years
0: here. It's funny, Kyle. I said this earlier on the show. Everything I see on Facebook and Twitter, I, I said this to Rich, it's like Celtic fans thought this was a 60-win season this past year. Right, this team right. played some horrible basketball at times, especially near the end of the year. Yes, they had injury problems. A lot of teams have injury problems. The team was 41-40, and 40, lost the first three games to a very flawed Knicks team that won the Atlantic. You know, it's not like we're busting up a 60-win team here, some dynasty team that had its best days ahead of them. So I- I'm right. with you a bit here. I was for bringing back the band so we could end this, end this the best way possible, which was everybody to go out and fade off into the sunset, but that just wasn't going to happen. So I'm with you a bit. I'm actually looking forward to a different style of basketball, watching some of the younger guys. Are we forgetting Jeff Green's emergence near the end of the year and the playoffs? I mean, this guy came out of nowhere after a subpar first half of the season coming off his heart surgery. I think this guy's got potential to be a, a, a real star in this league under the right system.
1: Yeah, and I think you know, I think having a having a running team, you know, there was there was the excitement with Green, Green's emergence, and unfortunately, it was kind of came around, you know, just after the, you know Rondo got hurt. But I think, you know, I, I think, and I and I was for bringing it back for another year too, I was, but you know, I, I think I think doing that way, you're you're wasting a lot of a lot of the prime of, of Green and Rondo. You know, we have we have a running team now. You know, you, you can see the fast break going, Rondo and Green and Bradley and then Pierce and Garnett hanging down the other end because they can't get down the court. And, you know, you know, I don't want to waste the prime of, of any player. And, and if it means, you know, and, and I don't want to see Garnett go. I really don't. It's going to, you know, kill me to see him retire sure. or play. Because, you know, you know wherever, he changed,
0: Kyle, he changed the culture. He changed the culture of an organization that was in basketball abyss. Yeah, How could yeah. the Boston Celtics, this wonderful franchise, just go into darkness for, what, two decades? And you bring yeah. KGN, he's a ray of light, harkens us all back to, to the, the, the great days of Havlicek and Bill Russell. And I can go on and on and on. It made you proud to be a Celtic fan again. So I'm with you. Yeah. It'll be hard to see him go.
1: And I think you know. I think you guys were just talking about a little while ago about you know in the next couple of weeks you know it, it's gonna you know a lot of stuff's gonna come out. I would be you know I could see I could see it come out of some guys. I'd be shocked if anything comes out of Garnett. What, where, what, whatever happens with him, I'd be shocked if he you know if he came out and and you know threw somebody under the bus like Rondo. I just don't I don't see it. I don't I, think I don't he's see that. he's like that. But no, Yeah. At I, any rate, think I
5: don't. Yeah, I don't see any of those three guys doing that. Um, you know, uh, you know, there may have been some very real problems between, you know, Rondo and, and Doc, and Doc very well may have decided, you know, he just didn't want to deal with it anymore. But even if that is the case, I have a hard time seeing him say anything publicly um, or even, you know, letting something leak out, um, you know, because it just, you know, seems more professional that same with Pierce, same with KG.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, great show guys, I appreciate you take my call and uh and we'll uh, I look forward to talking soon.
0: Kyle, take care of yourself. Have a good hey. Sunday, okay? Thanks. Thanks guys. That's, you that's too. uh that's Kyle and Rich, we've only got a few minutes left here. Uh, do you think guys like Rondo, Green, Bradley get moved? Uh, we're talking a complete blow up. I never thought they would completely blow this team up. I I just don't see that happening. I think there's some quality pieces to build around
5: here. Some really great young talent, and I mean that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't see as you know, a, a case of Ainge tearing everything down. You know, I say I think certainly if there's a deal out there um that involves badly or involves Green or heck even involves Rondo that brings back a significant player, then I could see them potentially uh do that. But um yeah, I don't I don't think Ainge is, is you know, really looking to uh, tear things down just to tear them down. And you know, you guys were talking about wanting to see Rondo and, and Green kind of taking the key and, and and maybe moving the team more to a running style. Um, you know, I think the the thing I'd caution is that uh, you know running doesn't happen without defense. Um, and you know uh, that kind of tough nose, uh, you know defensive, grinded out attitude is really key to you know being able to run. And you know I hope that you know it, it certainly if if KG isn't back, I hope that the the team is able to kind of preserve that that mindset a little bit. I also think that guys like Rondo and Green certainly. Um, you know have the capacity to be high usage players I think you saw that with with uh, green down the stretch when he took on a bigger share of the offense so i 've got no doubt that he can play that type of role and that rondo can kind of you know rondo has been playing that type of role the past couple of seasons. My concern is you know um, can they do that and and still be efficient can they do that and make the plays that make the difference between winning and losing down the stretch of the tight game uh, of the tight game can they do that um, when the Team is kind of struggling and facing some adversity. That's really going to be the, the the test as to kind of where this team is. Are are they a team that's really just you know looking to to, to rejigger, add a couple of um, new pieces, um, you know, to replace KG and Pierce, or are they really in for a long kind of reconstruction? And don't you think
0: we'll tell what the road will be once they hire a coach? If they spend money, let's say just hypothetically on a George Carl who will demand a higher salary, that will mean that the rebuild won't be, shall I say, as long, whereas if they hire a young guy to be transitional, we'll know that there's, there's going to be maybe a longer process in the works.
5: Yeah, I I don't think that's unreasonable to think that. I would be, um, you know, I've heard uh, Lionel Hollins' name, um, you know, associated with Celtics over the last day or so. Um, I think Carl is pretty much earmarked for uh, Memphis at this point. Um, Don't know how much substance there is to it, but I just saw a tweet uh, indicating that um, Ainge might decide to uh, coach the team for a year or two um, kind of in the interim. If that were to happen, yeah, if that were to happen, I'd be. well, no, I, I don't know how to take it. One way I can look at it is, is you know, uh, Ainge is, you know, planning for, a, you know, a complete rebuild, a tear down, and, and doesn't feel good about hiring any coach, putting any coach in that position. Uh, on the other hand, you could look at it as him seeing that um, there's some, some, some value in that continuity and want to try to kind of preserve some of that culture. So so who knows how it's going to all play out.
0: Yeah, there's another coach's name out there floating around there, Lawrence Frank who was Doc's assistant, who had little success in Detroit, but that I don't think was the greatest situation for him. Uh, He certainly knows Ainge and knows the Celtics' system. very defensive-minded coach, too. So there's also another possibility there. Brian Shaw, Byron Scott. uh, Brian Shaw's time is due uh, somewhere, I would think, but there's been some concern that perhaps his coaching style, he'd be running the triangle, that wouldn't fit in with what Ronda would like to do on offense.
5: Yeah, Sean's certainly you know an interesting guy. You know he's he's paid his dues. He's very highly thought of and and, and well spoken of around the league. Uh, but at the end of the day, he's been up for at least a half a dozen jobs now and hasn't landed any of them. And and you know you can look at that as well. The, wow, the guy just needs his chance, but there's something happening when, when he interviews it that he's he's not selling folks on and you kinda wonder what that is and if it's, you know, something that would translate into a a, a glaring deficiency as a coach. Um Byron Scott, I have a hard time seeing. Um, you know maybe that's just the old eighties Celtics thing. <laughs> exactly. hard time seeing him on the bench. Oh. You know, yeah. You know, Sean's, Sean's got some history with the team, obviously, too, and um, you know, ironically, he, he's one of the reasons Danny Ainge was traded. Um, you know, not that I think that would impact Ainge's decision to hire him or not, but I wonder too, would uh, you know, how well uh, Celtics fans, particularly the old guard that were around there in the in the 80s when he uh, he bolted Boston, uh, you know, would accept them. I I look at that as one of those situations where, man, if everything doesn't go right, he's going to be swimming upstream because you know. Uh, Fans I think would be predisposed to not accepting him, It'd
0: be like having Kurt Rambis or somebody on the bench, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, no thanks, so well, Rich, believe it or not, our hour is up. that's gonna do it for the Celtics beat on this Sunday. Wow, what a day, Tyre Rich Conti looks like Doc Rivers on his way to the l a Clippers for a number one pick in our number our first round pick, rather in two thousand fifteen. Lots of unanswered questions still. Will KG be back? What's going to happen with Paul Pierce? Who will the Celtics hire to coach the team in place of Doc Rivers? So much going on in the world of the Boston Celtics. We thank you for joining us on this Sunday. Have yourselves a great night.